Hi, everyone. Hi, Abby. Hey, Lisa. We're here with another installment of our DuPont On Assignment miniseries, Estravaganza. Welcome back. In honor of the upcoming deadline, which no one should miss for the DuPonts, it's coming up on July the 1st, so that's really soon, we decided to check in with a few of our past winners to talk about how they tell their stories. We were fortunate to have a short but lively conversation with NPR's Elsa Chang last week. She's really impressive. She is a JD from Stanford, and she has a master's degree from our own Columbia Journalism School. She won a DuPont in 2011 for a two-part investigative series that aired on WNYC that revealed abuses in the NYPD's stop-and-frisk policy. It was really outstanding work. Today, Elsa is NPR's congressional correspondent. She spoke to us at the end of a long week, substitute hosting NPR's morning edition, getting up incredibly early. We'll hear about why she decided to quit working as a litigator to become a journalist. And she has some really thoughtful interviewing tips. When I spoke to Elsa Chang, she was at NPR's Washington headquarters. So let's go back to the beginning um, when it first occurred to you that journalism might be something that you were interested in. Was there a particular story or an event that happened that kind of triggered that in your mind? No, it was this really gradual thing. So I quit the law firm cold in June of 2006. Um, I think I gave like two weeks notice. It was really abrupt. I had I had been unhappy as a lawyer for a very long time, but I had no idea what I wanted to do after the law firm. And there just wasn't enough room in each big like day to, to, to figure it out. And I knew I would have to just quit to give it some honest, like self-honest thought. So um, I took like some time off. I went to San Miguel de Allende in central Mexico. And I had just broken up with the boyfriend. Like all this stuff overlapped at once. And I thought, when I when I get back home from Mexico, I need to figure out a situation where I'm surrounded by smart, upbeat, curious people who are engaged with the world. And KQED internship just sounded like a good place for that to happen. Um, so I started interning with Forum with Michael Krasny. That's uh, the news talk show in San Francisco. And I loved it. I loved it. Like right away, the biggest thing was I love the freedom of jumping from topic to topic. Like journalists are interested in a story for, you know, as long as it's interesting and important and relevant to people. Because as a litigator, I didn't really, you know, I was I was stuck on some cases not only for several months, but like more than a year. And, you know, journalism for me was this very liberating sort of like just tell people what they need to know, tell it in a compelling way. And then you're free to leave the story when it's not important or relevant anymore. And I I, I love that. Um, so it was after that internship um, and doing some producing at KQED. That's when I decided to apply to journalism school. And that's how I ended up at Columbia in 2007. So looking back on yourself, you know, having just described that transition year you had and then how you ended up here at Columbia Journalism School, is there anything that you would say to yourself, you know, sitting where you are now in NPR Washington? My my main advice is you don't need to figure it all out at the beginning. Like when I when I decided to leave law and then I decided to become a journalist, it felt like, okay, now I have to figure out what kind of journalist I'm going to be. Okay, radio. Fortunately, the radio part really worked out. I love radio. It's very, for me, intuitive to communicate 
orally. Um, that's what I do as a human being. Like as soon as like something happens, I want to tell somebody, you know, I don't want to just write about it. I want to like tell somebody directly like, oh, my God, this happened to me. Right. But I realize now that I've transitioned to this whole new profession, that there's a whole universe of options, even within that transition, right? Like, I thought I had figured it out. The hard part was over. I decided I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a journalist. Boom. Okay, I'm going to hit play on the rest of my life, right? And I see now that that's just like one step in a very long journey that I'm still unpacking as I go, you know? And for me, that's very hard. Um, Sometimes I can be too risk averse for my own good. I mean, in many ways, I was made to be a lawyer. I like self-selected into that profession for a reason. And so what I fight against is that risk averseness, that need for security, that need not for adventure, but to have a roadmap. I want to fight against that part of my personality. So what I would tell the Elsa just starting out is remember that, like be open to things, be open to the unimaginable. (laughs) It's great advice. It's great advice. So I have really enjoyed, you know, listening to you when you were at WMYC and then now listening to you on the Hill covering Congress. You know, you have a great interview style. Um, Do you have something that you always ask? Is there a a no-fail interview question that you try to have with you on hand for any interview or? It depends. I find some people... Sometimes their first go at it is just very perfunctory and and not colorful. So um, something that I like to do and that I actually learned from a mentor of mine here at NPR, Danny's Wordling, is to tell people to go back to a moment. I want you to tell me what the air smelled like. What were you wearing? What do you remember, you know, do you, do you remember, first of all, like where you were standing and, and what you noticed? Like, were you near trees? And literally, like, even just seemingly ancillary details like that that are visual can trigger memories in people. Or, or were you carrying an object? Um, do you remember, like, one sentence the officer said to you? Where did he touch you first? It's not, I guess, encapsulated in one question. That was your question. What is your one question? It's more of urging people to paint a scene for you. Be the movie script writer and tell me the details you would like to see in that movie script. If, if someone were to depict that moment, what would need to be mentioned in this scene? Like, give me some details. As you were talking about asking people in interview, uh, in interview situations to take you back to important moments, I'm thinking back on your 2012 DuPont award-winning series, um, you know, about illegal searches in, at the NYPD. Yeah. And, you know, those great interviews that you had um, that really as a listener sort of brought me to those moments of those people being stopped and frisked and what it felt like and what they were doing and what they were wearing. I mean, you did really bring those yeah. moments to life in those stories. And, you know, that was one of the first in a whole string of stories and a whole string of events across the country about you know, police malfeasance in the U.S. I, I loved doing that story or that series, which which reminds me of another interviewing tip. People know when you're not really listening. You know, like you could be nodding. You could be saying, mm-hmm. You could be making eye contact. But you can just tell in your gut the person is hearing but not caring or not absorbing. And so I would say to any reporter out there that is interested in getting someone to recall 
detail or open up that you really, you need to go all in and care about it. And that's so easy to say, it's harder to do. You have to be very focused because even though you're not communicating it with your words, certainly if your mic is on and you don't want to step on your tape, you're not talking as the other person's talking. You need to really feel it because every ounce of your body language exudes whether or not you care about what the person is saying. So I would say that's, that's, that's one of the most important things. To really be, to be present with the person in the moment. To be present. And is that true even as you stroll through the halls of Congress? I mean, I've, I've wondered about, you yeah. know, that transition and then yeah. having to make new connections there and cultivate new sources. I would say a lot of interviews happen literally through ambush. You are in the hallway. You see the senator walking out of the chamber after having just voted. And you, along with... Half a dozen other reporters ambush that senator. We're all asking questions on a variety of topics. The senator is just trying to make his or her way to the elevator. If you even get your question in, great, right? Are you going to build that rapport that what I, what I just talked about, the I care about what you're saying, senator? Really hard to do in that moment, right? And, and I that's what I have missed most when being a reporter on the Hill is those moments of real rapport with a human being. I have been able to like sit down one-on-one with lawmakers since I come to Capitol Hill in their offices and do more thoughtful stories. That's when I think I've been able to get some neater radio moments. I remember when I was when I first arrived at the Capitol for instance, I had to do this story about women in the Senate and one of the senators that I interviewed for the story was Senator Patty Murray of Washington. You know, she had um, arrived in the early 90s, and she was talking about how her husband had, you know, there just weren't that many women in the Senate at that point, and her husband had gotten uh, this pink, roughly invite to join, like, the wives of the Senate club. And she just started laughing, and I thought, like, in the hallways, it's a different dynamic, but sitting here in her office, one-on-one, having her reminisce about her husband, uh, it was nice. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but I want to let you go. And I want to thank you so much for taking time at the end of your week. no problem. You know, I enjoy hearing you and keep up the great work, Elsa. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's it for this episode. We'll have more episodes of the On Assignment Summer Miniseries soon. Don't forget to enter your best reporting on any platform but sound and pictures are the key. For the DuPonts at dupontawards.org. The deadline is July 1st. On Assignment is produced by our friend Asta Chaturvedi with production assistance from Erica Glass. Thank you to our sound engineer, A.J. Mangone. Hear all our episodes at our website, onassignmentpodcast.org, or find us on Twitter. Until next time, everybody, 